And now, the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're back again this week talking about episode 804, The Key Suspect. Indeed. There's a pun there. Yes, there is. I didn't pick keys. that up until just now. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> nice. Two episodes in a row where we are surprised by the title. And puns, right? Wasn't it a pun last time? I mean, kind of. It was, it was a, a double play meaning. On words. Yes. A pow. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, a pow, if you will. Will I you? Chalkpod? Chalkpod? That's us. Oh, that's we. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um we're so <laughs> yeah so so we're doing we're doing so great um i feel like there's something there's other stuff that i need to establish off the top here uh it is okay this this is very important this episode uh first aired november 19th of 2016 okay. after debuting on the odyssey adventure club in july mm-hmm the wiki says July 14th, but it says that for all the episodes, so it's really ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just sticking with July. Um, the, uh, the, it's written by Bob Hoos, directed by Phil Lawler. Um, kind of a classic duo there. Dynamic. Uh, one might even say. <laughs> um, it's track four on album 61, Without a Hitch. Uh, we Last week's episode was track two, so this is mm-hmm. same album, episode in between. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I guess that's 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 that context. Um, whoop, whoop. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's a good so... episode. I, I genuinely enjoyed it. It was not what I was expecting, but I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it quite a bit as well, and uh, I took a lot of notes, and I tried to... Um, Crack as we we'll get into, I tried to like pause and predict as we went along. Mm-hmm. So I think more than like, we often are really linear in mm-hmm. our discussions of episodes. Yeah. That's going to be true to an extreme extent today. Yeah. Because let's, we, let's just get into it's it. It's a mystery. We got to cover it. Well, so we do, we do have a little bit more context and oh, we some do. trivia. Ah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. My new favorite segment. So, uh, so cast-wise, um, we have Alex Polinski as Dion Farkas. We do not know the last name of Farkas in this episode, but I guess that is Dion's last name. Mm. Um, he uh, voiced Control Freak on Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Hey. Uh, yeah. Chameleon Boy on The Legion of Superheroes. And he played Adam Powell in the late 80s sitcom Charles in Charge. Wait, really? Yes. Do you Charles know who that is? Charles in Charge. Uh, yeah. Okay. I have no reference for Charles in Charge other than knowing it exists. Uh, so. No. So I it is referenced in Scrubs a good bit, and so I looked it up. Oh. oh and then I watched a couple episodes, and I liked it. <laughs> that that sounds like Andrew. Everything Very is on Scrubs. Brand. Um, and once again, as is the runner, uh, this this season as we're talking about stuff, uh. He's an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have April Hong as Suzu Rydell, um, who voiced uh, Mop Bunny in Kung Fu Panda 2. Oh. Um, and was a voice on Archer and in World of Warcraft. Oh. Um, and is also an adult. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah. We, we're gonna need Do you know who Mop Bunny is? Was that, was that something? Yeah, you, I love Kung you, Fu You Panda. gave like... Okay. Kung Fu Panda is right. awesome, man. Like, I think I saw the first one, and that is that is all. Well, the first one's by far the best. The second I one was I don't weird remember particularly and... liking the first one. So the Noodle Dream. <laughs> how do you not? How do you not jam with the Noodle Dream, bro? Uh, man, I mean, that, it makes sense. That it you does make enjoy. sense that this is an Andrew movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we it's both not a just movie said that the you opposite thing. Yep. And think critically. Ah, yes, what a film. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so the other, uh, other, other fun stuff relating to cast, uh, that, so listener Gianna pointed out that, so last week we were talking about 
Matthew and him being a child and how young he would have been in Green Ring, she pointed out the fact that this is actually the third actor they've had for Matthew. Wow. Um, that they've recast him a couple times because his voice has aged up too much. Yeah, that Which is sense. like typical Odyssey stuff, and I am kind of embarrassed that I didn't make that connection last week when I was like, he was eight in the green ring? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's because I'm dumb. Because so, they recast Thank him. you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Gianna, for pointing out that, <laughs> that the current actor <laughs> is not... Um, is not is not the the original one um and then another another uh fun cast related thing long time listener of the show lee also wrote in um or actually he recorded in um but uh one of the things that he uh pointed out trivia wise that i think is really fun is uh uh mr redicop the Mm -hmm. uh the janitor um in last episode and this one is named after Mark Redicop, who is the, uh, like, main admin on the AIO wiki. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. I know. So, Andrew, I think our new goal is not to be voices on AIO, but just to have characters named after It'd us. It'd be very fitting. Just m- m- cast a young janitor who works really hard <laughs> for 25% of his shift and watches Netflix in the closet. I've already given you the plot. It- there you go. I don't need I, to be the voice actor. You can get anybody. Just, I just I my 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 secret hope is that there are uh, is that we get um is that we get like two podcasters in the town named oh, Dylan Asabo and Andrew Weaver. That um, would be that would be interesting. <laughs> a, what if we're the villains? Like a rival to kids oh, radio is this oh, new crazy man. podcast, dude? Dude, can we be the podcast version of the Crying Brian Dern show? Yes. <laughs> yes if any if my if my impression has proven anything it's that that is yeah. what some that's that, something that, this show could you, be you do crying brian duran i do link wainwright yep. we are a rogue podcast in odyssey that they are not super excited about and oh, that fits us well yeah. um yeah we could other do other stuff oh, we got uh, you can convert he, us. Like I'm okay with with Andrew Sabo's character coming to the light. Like I don't need to be bad all the time, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, we got feedback from both Gianna and Lee about the whole salami thing last episode. Yes, yeah, salami I sandwiches. Barely even left in the in the in the recording, but then I did, and we heard about it. So there is there's no salami sweater thing. I don't know where that came from. Um, but. Mitch and Connie eat salami sandwiches and exit. Um, yeah, yeah. And then salami that has is your favorite. Yep. Right. But that has literally nothing to do with the studio, which has existed, like which exists outside of Odyssey, mm-hmm. and is like Salami Studios um, has recorded has been like the studio where shows such as Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh. Harley Quinn, SpongeBob SquarePants, Scooby-Doo, every DC animated movie, and literally, like, what does IMDb say? Uh, over a thousand different shows slash movies have recorded at, uh, at Salami Studios. So, yeah, that's not a, uh, there's no connection to the Mitch thing. So thank you. Thank you to both Lee and Gianna for pointing out the the salami sandwiches thing but then also to to gianna for um pointing us to the fact that salami studios is an actual studio i'm so glad that we talked about salami for so long (laughs) oh i know two episodes in a row so much talk about salami i am sorry listeners especially the new ones and the vegans like yeah yeah if you're a um, vegan child, I mean, squad. salami's barely meat, so. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm, I would argue it's the part of meat you don't want to eat. <laughs> I think that should be its slogan. Salami, the part of meat you don't want to eat. Well said. I mean, we don't even need sponsors for our fake show. <laughs> um, we'll just come up with our own taglines. Yep. That's a tagline. Uh, buy salami merch. <laughs> <laughs> On our store that doesn't exist. Um, just make it. Just make a design that looks like mar- like salami marbled, and just says I know. salami sandwiches. My favorite. Oh boy. Um. 
other other points of trivia given Maybe to Lee us. Maybe Lee will buy it. Other trivia <laughs> given to us by Lee. Um, we have uh, the fact that he was the one who named it the Rydell Saga. So that's just fun. Cloud. <laughs> and uh, also the disappointing news that there is, in fact, no Jelly Donut episode. Dang. So... So that's the feedback, or the trivia, corrections, all of that. Oh, I guess the other thing I should point out is that I, I didn't put the polls out on, on Tuesday. So, I don't know. The the polls where you're supposed to vote for me or Andrew, mm-hmm. they might be out. They might be out when this episode goes out. They might have already gone out. They might never come out. Who knows? Apparently, I'm not reliable as the social media coordinator for the Wadfam Jackpot. It it is due to be said that um uh this is a hobby for us and um <laughs> life has gotten pretty crazy for I think everybody right now and so yeah. I apologize in the way that I have dropped the ball recently. Yeah, how how dare you, Andrew? It's okay. I you know this is that's what makes this community special. I'm honest with them. They're honest with me. You know, a real, a real tight knit family we got here. The the, the two things. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, yeah. So uh, without further ado, we'll roll the promo and get into the episode. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Emily Jones has a new case. Matthew Parker and I had arrived early at school to find every locker in the middle school standing wide open. When clues are hard to come by, Emily has a theory. I don't think the message was for him. Then who was it for? Us. Solve the case of the Locker Unlocker next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Andrew, what would you think of the promo? It was perfectly adequate. Yep, that seems to be the way these promos go. (laughs) And if you disagree with that statement, tweet at us. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I think this episode is great, and I think we should talk about it. Yep, I really liked it. Um, so the ep- We start with spy music! Yep, we start with spy music, and I was considering doing a bit to open up this episode, and I'm kind of bummed. Doobity-doo! Yeah. Doobity-doo! It was what Saturday was morning at 11.48. Ooh. I got a Zoom call from Dylan Weaver. Oh. He had trouble in his voice, but I didn't quite know what was going on. He said to me, Andrew, there's another Connie and Mitch Aftermath episode. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, I mean, we knew that. I knew that. I was just like, no, we're not covering it. Oh, that was a joke. I genuinely thought we covered them all. No, no, I mean, there's the whole episode where... Connie and Wooten accidentally send out wedding invitations, and then Mitch shows up, and oh, I was just yes, like, I nope, see that. I don't need to cover that. No, that's not a part of it. That's just a one-off with a right. recurring character. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking about, like, them getting back together or oh. something. Yes. There's a mystery afoot. The Jones and Parker Detective Agency is on the case. Mm. Uh, they, they show up at school early. It's Emily and Matthew. Jones and Parker, mm-hmm. um, they're uh, they're working on a uh, theater expansion project, um, which was I assume reference the stuff in the previous episode where Matthew's talking about like getting all that equipment from the high school for the mm-hmm. theater, and so they're coming in really early, like the crack of dawn, to take take a look at that. And when they show up, every locker in the school has been opened, and Principal Vogler's like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And they're like, "I don't know. Why did?" What what's going on with you? And he's like, every locker's open. It's weird. And then <laughs> Dion walks up. Yeah. And Dion, who presumably... I don't know. I don't think that there are middle school stoners in Odyssey, but... <laughs> I don't know. No, I think I think Dion's supposed to be dumb jock more than he's supposed to be stoner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That, that but, might be just me projecting. <laughs> but... But yeah, Dion is, uh, Dion's fun. And he's like, hey guys, why'd you open up all the lockers? And they're like, we didn't. Yeah. And then Vogler's like, all right, kids, get out of here. I got to close all the lockers. 
<laughs> like nothing was stolen. Also, I find it very surprising that this school does not have security cameras in its hallways. Dude, it's Odyssey. Yeah, I get it. But like, even in modern era, like yeah. all schools I mean, have cameras in the hallways. <laughs> I mean, also, Wits End has cameras. Yeah, so. exactly. Maybe. I don't know. They probably got rid of this. Well, and also, the whole, this guy just gets this tiny camera out of nowhere later. Oh, yeah. It's great. I assume he went to that same store that uh, Wit and Mitch visited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, right. So, there's, they walk outside, and Emily and Matthew are like, hey, Dion, why were you here so early? And he's like, ah, I've got my reasons, and uh, they're none of your business. <laughs> and then, yeah. That's that. We then cut to a fun... So we keep getting these, like, very, like, film noir detective interstitials of, like, Emily monologuing to the camera. Yeah. Doing voiceover narration. It's great. Yeah, it's the classic uh, Odyssey does old detective show thing that they've they've done before. And they really like to do it now with the Jones to uh, Parker Detective Agency. And I am so here for it. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Dude, a... Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to how much I like this episode as we continue, but, like, a an episode that is a mystery set at a middle school that ties into greater context is, like, everything I want from Odyssey. Yeah, no, pretty much. As far as, like, Odyssey at his doing mysteries is really good, like, and I just, Odyssey I, doing kids is really good. Right. I just, I really hope that it doesn't blow up and become a bigger thing like the fact that it's called the saga like the rydell saga even if that was a name not given to it by the show initially like i'm a little worried that it's going to become like you know some crazy like high level conspiracy thing and really i want it to just be like a bunch of kids screwing around and I'm, I don't know, that, that's all we've got in these two episodes, and I'm really hopeful, and I'm loving it. Well, and, and it could be, it could be that the mastermind is a kid. Right. Like, right. I, I, I truly hope that that's what they do, that it's not a, that it's not some big, you know, government conspiracy thing, but instead it's just, like, essentially like the, like, the, like, Moriarty to their Sherlock Holmes, but they're children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, there's that as well. What? Oh. His name is Maury. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> We've done it. We've stumbled upon it. Dang it. I and hate that. The only that. way that the Wadfam Chalkpod knows how, they stumbled upon the solution. Yep. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Saxophone solo. Oh, his name's Maury. I'm a little bummed I am only putting that together now. And at the same time, I'm like, wow. Hey, I can't believe I put that together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't. So, I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. So Emily's Emily's little interstitial says a bunch of stuff, including I enjoy sniffing around like a pup in search of a chew toy. Yeah. Which is so just cute. funny. It reminded me, like, the use of, like, pup in that way and just like the like she's doing like a film noir like kind of impression thing but yeah. as like a middle schooler and it reminded me a lot of the movie brick ah. uh, which i highly recommend to people ryan johnson's first movie in which uh it's a film noir starring joseph gordon levitt set at a high school oh that's it's right yes, 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 yes genuinely great um and uh yeah if you're if you're into that sort of thing uh watch go brick. watch brick <laughs> this is the segment of the show where i promote a movie that like probably listeners wouldn't enjoy but you know it's become a recurring bit hey and i'm okay I would with enjoy it because i I've like been movies to watch it so that's good you're pushing me over the edge all right dude watch brick right. um so yeah they we then this is when we get the information that oh so they're they're at lunch now Mm. Emily and Matthew are kind of catching each other up to speed on stuff and talking about the fact there's been nothing missing from the lockers, um, from all the interviews they've conducted. The lockers just were opened, but but nothing's disappeared. Everything was still in order. Um, and then uh, and then Emily catches Matthew staring at the new girl who's from Japan, um, yeah, across the cafeteria, and she's like, "All right, man, you've got a crush." And this is when I was like, "Okay." 
I'm doubling down. This episode is perfect. Yeah, yeah, this episode's amazing. <laughs> we have kids in love, and it's middle school. Oh, my gosh. And also, yeah. so, so, I feel like Suzu, we thought that she was from, like, Ukraine or something, right? Is that what we said during that episode? I feel bad. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. We thought, yeah, we thought that she was European, or at least I did, at least. Eastern European, yeah. No, wait. No, I don't think that that was Suzu. Maybe it oh, was, was, but it it's it's pop off the, yeah. the 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 like business lady who's there. All I can is say definitely is definitely Eastern did not European. Pick up the fact that Suzu was uh, from Japan, which is in hindsight really stupid because her name is Suzu. Yep. Anyways, yeah, Suzu. She's from Japan. She's the new student. Um, she walks over, um, and Emily is like. Well, before she walks over, Emily's like, you've got a crush on her. You should go over and invite her over. And then she just starts walking <laughs> over to them. And Matthew is, like, floundering and does does this whole bit where, like, he tries to make it extremely clear that he and Emily are not romantically involved. Mm-hmm. Which, once again, is just a thing I love that this show is doing with those two characters. And it, it's done in other at other points in Odyssey, but it really feels to be hammered home with Matthew and Emily. Yeah. Is like, these are two kids in middle school. One is a boy, one is a girl, and they are friends. Unequivocally. And that is, like, I have, I have and have had so many female friends where people are always like, are you guys dating? And it's like, no. No. Or just, just, just a friend. Yeah. Just a friend that I like. Yeah, because uh, we're friends. Ju- ju- just a friend seems to undersell it. Like we're really good friends. Yeah, yeah. But that's not there's there's no there's no intention there. Yeah. And I really hope that Odyssey can maintain that with these two characters because. It's but also, delightful. if they don't, like I totally ship it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I'm I'm, I'm team Matthew and Suzu, Emily and Matthew okay, okay, okay. as 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 platonic buddies. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Matthew and Suzu and Maury and Emily. Mm. I mean, there's there's potential there. I don't I don't Maury know. I don't know that that's hot, necessary. I no, mean, he's he, also in middle school, but like yes. But yeah, so so Suzu goes on to be like, hey, like she knows who Emily is because of the like because of them being running for um or because of Emily being now the class president. Um, she also seems to know. Um, like she's got, she's got some idea of like their detective agency stuff and, and all that. And it's, yeah, it's just a nice scene. And Matthew is stumbling and embarrassing and a child and it's, it's really endearing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just absolutely, there's not a part of this episode that I really didn't like. Um, nope. I'm with you after this. Is this when we get a we we get another inter interstitial yeah. and it's Emily saying like yeah like you know we just I don't know whatever the rest of the day went on um and uh, we didn't we didn't come up with any new clues and you know it's the end of the day and um it took Matthew so long to be able to speak in full sentences again mm-hmm. um and then this is where Maury runs up yeah to be like hey I'm really impressed by your guys mystery solving skills you know. And then he says the most ominous line thus far. I don't know. We've we had some ominous ones last episode yeah, as well. Yeah, everything worked out the way that it should. Well, yeah, yeah. There's that. But he also says, in regards to mysteries, I'm not good at solving them. I just like see, seeing how people fit clues together. Yeah, that is pretty ominous. It's, uh, it's pretty... Um, Moriarty-esque. I mean, it's just, well, yes, but it's also just like, all right, buddy, like, we, we, we see the game you're playing here. But they don't. They uh, yeah. are children. <laughs> yep, they don't. And so, yeah, and it's, it's hard because it's like, oh, like, we have a little bit, I mean, Sacrificial Escape didn't really give us much context here. It'll be interesting to see how that ties in. Yeah. But, like, just oh, knowing yeah. that it's like, this is like, this Oh, wait, Maury's centri- definitely just the voice, right? If this I guy's mean, the probably. mastermind. Probably. <laughs> we'll get to it when we cover that episode again. Uh, but, 
the thing the thing that we're dealing with here is just like okay we know that this whole thing revolves around maury so it's easy to pick him out as the villain Mm -hmm. but i also like to think that like we would have gotten here regardless oh yeah it's not like it's like super subtle um but i mean but it's not like they're not it's not blatantly it over obvious. If I didn't know it yeah. was called the Rydell saga, and if it wasn't his face on the album artwork, I wouldn't know. Right. Right. See, that's that's the thing. And that's what I love about it. It's so enjoyable. And like, actually, I did want to ask you this question. As somebody that like never really like I was always scared to talk to girls, but like I never really had one of those like foot in mouth like really cute girl i really wanted to talk to that like i just could not make coherent sentences is that a thing that other people really experience and i'm just not one of them or is that just like a movie trope i don't know if the like that to this degree of like foot in mouth is is actually reality or if it's just like fun trope but like i'm okay with it either way oh yeah i'm totally okay with it either way i was just wondering if like I always knew that I was somebody that was comfortable doing that. So, like, it Right, does, you also had, sense. like, two sisters. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, I did a genogram in one of my counseling classes, and I realized that, like, with the exception of my brother and my dad, I am not close with any other man in my family. Like, it makes oh, sense that, funny. like, that the people that I was comfortable talking to are women, so I didn't get scared by that. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough about us. Um... <laughs> the uh yeah uh i don't know what what else here uh maury maury is you know mysterious says that he he's not good at solving mysteries likes to see how people fit the clues together and then drops the fact that his sister is really good at solving mysteries Mm. um and this is the first time that the audience finds out that maury has a sister yeah um and uh yeah the, then uh, Matthew continues to be, I don't know, constantly thinking about Suzu. Uh, <laughs> Emily Emily goes and talks to, or they both go, I guess, and talk to Principal Vogler about kind of what they've been able to come up with today. They find out that um, Vogler and Redicop are the only two people who have keys. Um, and then Mrs. Mays has the master combo list. Um and also that Odyssey PD is going to keep an eye on the school. Yeah, that's that, and that's smart, and also makes a lot of sense. So, like, and at this point in solving the mystery, we have a very interesting thing where I automatically assumed that it was a staff member that was in on it. Oh, right. Um, and, you know, maybe? We don't know. But then we also see this child make a, you know lock picking key for right. all of the locks in the school or at least all right. the locker locks right well all the locker locks use the same key yeah they're combo locks but then they have a master key mm-hmm. which is typical for how schools work yeah um so right so then emily and matthew meet back at the school at 7 a.m all the lockers are open again emily talks about like there's 300 lockers, which, hey, we now know roughly how many kids are at Odyssey Middle. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so, like, that's like 100 people per class yeah. at Odyssey, which seems about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she, she goes on to be like, okay, like, if it takes one person, you know, a minute to do each combo, then that would be, like, if they're looking off the list, which is, like, pretty reasonable. Like, if you, if you, if it's your own combo, you can usually do it pretty quick, but... A minute per combo doesn't seem outlandish when you're putting in combos that you're not, that yeah. you don't know by heart. Um, but yeah, so she's like, by that math, it would take five hours for someone to do it with the combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, also, like, what's what's the point of all this with the lockers? Like, yeah, are open two days anything. in a row. They're not stealing anything. Um, and she's like, I think this person's trying to bait them or bait us into like into you know investigating yeah yeah like like they they want us to to go after them Mm -hmm. just to prove that like they're good Um, yeah which is like yeah that kind of classic like detective trope (laughs) yep we're gonna keep coming back to it and i love ourselves some sherlock 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that actually, yeah. I mean, you and me both, like, that was a big part of our friendship at the beginning was that we both loved Sherlock. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I love I love the show Sherlock. I'm, but Sherlock Holmes in general, like, I have, I've read all of those. Yeah, me too. I am... Um, like because i like invested, i heavily invested into like the lore and i just like them as like good like turn of the century detective novels that are mm-hmm. quick yeah or not even novels from those but dude i have a i have a hound of the baskerville shirt that i wear frequently yeah you um, do <laughs> um yeah oh th- it was at this point in the show that i was like oh yes note to self in the episode we covered last week emily's locker was opened Mm, you're right good detective work which we at the time were like someone could have just stuck it in the slot it's weird to her of her to jump to that conclusion yeah it's been pointed out to us that like hey if you're like if she's saying that like hey someone broke in to do it it's probably because the letter couldn't have been put in through the slot i don't know the episode could have made that more clear but yeah. whatever i don't mean to doubt emily's detective skills i'm sure she's wonderful um <laughs> she's a real queen she's she's killing it yeah but but you're right so so yes once again there is nothing missing from the lockers mm-hmm. emily does another monologue interstitial and talks about this being possibly their biggest case yet which yeah. i'm like weren't you too involved in, in the, the green, green ring, ring conspiracy <laughs> yeah no. like that was Mm-mm. like a counterfeiting thing that Mm-mm. was like i'm sorry honey you pretty are, big yeah, right you're forgetting like, some very important like, things currently and may- maybe i don't remember the chronology of things maybe that's pre them having their own detective agency or maybe that doesn't count because they didn't solve the case on their own but or like that it wasn't really a threat to the safety of children but i, I guess don't know there was but this also is just like everything this so. is just like all the locker doors have been open two days yeah. it's our biggest case which is like i don't know it's fun they're kids yeah, i like kids. that the stakes are low i hope that they don't get high um they do <laughs> not <laughs> okay. like dion call back call um back. <laughs> yeah so so right then they go to talk to redicop about about everything and we catch dion talking with mr redicop about his cleanup schedule mm-hmm. um which is not suspicious at all and i definitely marked down as like oh yeah this is a red herring and like kind of but not really like i was like the whole time i was like dion is in no way responsible for this and the episode reveals as much yeah that he is not but also like is he it's not rodney? that he's fully innocent he seems like the rodney right Oh. If he's a reoccurring character, he feels like the rock. Interesting. Isn't there... Wait, but isn't... I thought there was another dude who was, like, the bully uh, in current Odyssey, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I mean, this is the first yeah. episode. I know so little about this class of students. Yeah, I, I do as well. But, yeah. I don't know. Let, let, us, let us know who... Who, uh, Cause like Buck was kind of Rodney for a while, like sketchy. But right, but Buck's like nice now. Yeah, and yeah, Buck right. has a redemption arc. Dion, I, Dion's yeah. just gone. We, we should once again reiterate that most of this is just conjecture on our parts. It's from true. like weird things that I've pieced together from like album artwork, episode titles, and just like being on the wiki. Yeah. If, if we are completely wrong, it must be hilarious to be a listener and know the answers right now. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> and 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 once again, don't spoil the Rydell saga for yeah. us. Hashtag don't spoil the Rydell We're saga. We're going to be wrong about stuff, and it's okay. Let us know we're wrong once we're done. We'll... Well, we'll in have the final episode. And if we're really wrong in the final episode, we could do like that whole anchor thing. <laughs> right. Send send in voice memos telling us off whatever. <laughs> about well, how stupid we were. Trying yeah. to solve this it'll, mystery exactly wrong. <laughs> it'll be it'll dude, it'll be so fun. I, I love the fact that we get to solve this mystery in real time. Yeah, it's, it's actually delightful. Really fun. Um I look forward to it every week. And so right. So we, we continue. Uh, Radikoff explains that there are contact sensors on the doors and windows, mm-hmm. um, but that that's kind of their only security. But that uh, the new student, Maury, suggested that he set up a hidden camera, and he has done so. Dun-dun-dun. Where'd he get the camera? And why wasn't this camera already there? <laughs> and why did he need a student to tell him to do this? He's too busy running the wiki. 
Uh, but yeah, it is. It is funny. I I don't know. It's, no, it's it's awesome. I mean, yeah, and it just, works perfectly because the way he's talking about it, he's like, yeah, this kid came up with this great idea. I know. Now- he sounds like he's his voice is so insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. It's it's yeah. It sounds like people I met, and it's very interesting in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. This so th- this is where I made the stab in the dark. Then I was like, "Oh, because there's like contact sensors on the doors, but no cameras. Someone must be staying there overnight. Especially because they calculated it would take five hours for someone to open every locker combo. So some kid is just spending the night at the school, and that's how the alarm's not being tripped." Listeners, I was wrong. Yeah. It does happen. Very rarely, but it does. Uh, and then Redicop drops the bomb that he found a letter addressed to Emily. Pum, pum, pum. Yeah, that it was There, like... the pale night queen, mm-hmm. so patient, ever watching. She sees the pain yawn. I think that there might be some romantic tension between whoever wrote that poem and Emily. Ooh, well, that fits in with our whole Maury has a crush on Emily theory. Maybe. Could Which be. is the predominant theory we've got at this point. Because, right. So, the haiku, or the letter, they both come to very quickly that it's a haiku. Mm. And I am like, oh, okay. Haiku, Japan, Suzu. Easy game. Well, it becomes very clear by the end of this, or at least to me, that this is my, my theory. Mori pretending to be Suzu. Yeah, because nobody like would. he he wants them to also draw that conclusion. Yeah. So right. So and Emily's pretty well convinced that which which then fits into our whole you know the chemistry between Maury and Emily thing. Mm-hmm. If Maury's the one writing this poem, um, yeah. And so Can you feel the love tonight. And so Emily, um, right, Emily's like, oh, this clue must have been left by the person doing it. He probably wants us to catch him, and so he left this clue. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Emily is referring to this person in the episode explicitly as a he, which means that they are most likely a she, Mm -hmm. because that's how script writing works. Yep. She would have just kept it ambiguous, except that we have to, it has to be something that, like, she has already, like, we have to see that Emily's biases mm-hmm. are making her think it is a boy, so that when it turns out to be a girl, she is surprised. Either that or the writers let that slip. I don't think so. I don't I think, think so that either. that was, I think that that was an intentional thing, which is then made even better by the fact that, like, all right, all right, so, so, so th- th- there's, like, this double thing where it's like, okay, so her saying it like that makes me think even more that it's Suzu, and so when it winds up not being Suzu, not only are they caught, called out, but, like, I as the listener am? Yeah, yeah, Like, it's exactly. just, like, it's it's good mystery writing where it's like, oh, they're not only, like, screwing with, like, the detectives in the show but they're screwing as me as an audience member trying to piece this together in real time yeah and subliminally with use of pronouns and stuff right like that. yeah just just good job bob Hoos. like you understand how mysteries work way to go um, so right they they then go to this supply closet yeah where there's a window that has a broken lock and there's a wire connecting the contact points on the alarm that Mm -hmm. extend it long enough that like someone could fit through that window yeah yeah basically it tricked the window into somebody knew how those locks worked and tricked it into not triggering the alarm so he could or she could get in and do the thing right so so and then suzu walks up to the window right Mm mm-hmm and they both duck, so she doesn't see them, mm-hmm. but but they see her, and Emily's like, you know, uh, all right, pretty sure it's Suzu who did this, and she does the whole thing where she calls out the pronouns, yeah, where she's like, 
ah, it wasn't a he, it was a she. And I was like, ah, this thing understands detective tropes. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Um, and, and right. So they, the audience, or the, the characters, and I guess technically us as the audience still don't know that Suzu and Mori are related. Yeah. Um, but we, as the people listening, do know this. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I did. No, um, yeah, yeah. I think they told us. Yeah, they told us last episode, I thought. Uh, so there's been a lot of references to Maury's Maury sister. having a sister. Yeah, and we know that this girl is new. But I think it's supposed to be, like, a surprise because, like, Suzu was adopted, so they don't look the same. Even yeah. though they started at a school that has, like, 300 kids on it, they started the same day. Yeah, and presumably would have the same last name, right? Right. But nobody knows last names. <laughs> and nope, so and, and certainly not a tenant of like right, it's schools just, it's that have weird. name tags. It's it's just weird No, that's not a tenant of schools. What are you talking about, Andrew? <laughs> no school I've ever attended has had name tags. No, no, I'm talking about like in elementary school you had like desk tags with your name on them. Sure. This is middle school. No name tags. That's fair. I never went to public middle school. And anyways, the That's why I don't get all these cool locker jokes. <laughs> so right, so but it, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird suspension that like oh it has like Emily and Matthew despite being like hyper connected to the school mm-hmm. don't know that these two people are siblings, but it's also supposed to play on expectations of like oh yeah like one is from Japan and I mean we know Mori is from overseas yeah, so like if, if they're both new and you don't know them. You yeah, know. but there's right They're They're kind of playing on like, well, these two people look different, so they're not siblings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the show is then is then expecting is, is writing that off as the reason the characters don't know. And I think also expecting the audience to not know. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I have access to the wiki. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Um, no, for, fortunately, fortunately. In unfortunately currently because you know spoilers um, <laughs> so right they then follow suzu yeah yeah they follow her to the hardware store right correct and i i, I hope it's the same one where yeah. um where aubrey buys wobble wedges yeah oh um, yeah with her dad but yeah i mean canonically there's right. got it's got i guess ben shepherd buys the wobble wedges Aubrey's just along for the ride until she talks to Erica. But yeah, there's only got it. There's can only be one hardware store in Odyssey. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we have more than one in Lidditz? No, just the one. Just the one. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so they follow her there and they see her at the desk, uh, like getting a key. Well, so she's at the counter where they make keys. Yeah, they're she's at, not, she's at the counter. They don't she know, know what she's getting yet. But then she leaves, and she drops the receipt in the trash. Mm-hmm. The, the fool. Why it, They ask you if you want a receipt, and you say no. Or you say yes, and then you just take it home with you. Exactly. Why would you take the receipt and then throw it out? Well, so she's not up, as we establish later, she's not up to no good. Yeah, yeah. So she's she has no reason. Right. She, she is also a detective on the case. Yes. So, yeah, she's like, ah... There, there's a combo lock, blank keys, and a dial caliper. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what you would need to make a duplicate key. Yeah, exactly. As the listener, you're like, Suzu did this. They're figuring right. it out. Yep. And then and you get to the, the, the confrontation, what, the following morning, right? Well, no, no, no. Because the, the one other thing when they're following is that she goes to Maury's house. Yeah. Or, like, she runs into Maury, and they both go into a house together. And they're like, oh, are they at Maury's house? Or is, Suzu, or is Maury at Suzu's house? Like, they have no idea that mm. these two are siblings. Yeah, they have no idea that these two are siblings. And then, because, like, they've just made big conjectures about them ba- w- without yeah. really knowing them at all. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Emily goes, uh, things are not looking good for your girlfriend. And Matthew goes, she's not my... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we go back to the school where the lockers have once again been opened, but now things are strewn about. And quite disheveled. And some things are missing. Yeah. And, and so Emily and Matthew are like, we've got it! We figured it out! They go to the office where Vogler is. 
Mm-hmm. And Vogler calls in Suzu. Mm-hmm. And Dion. Well, no. He does not call in Suzu. He calls in... Or he does not call in Dion. He calls in Suzu and is going to call in Mori, but then Suzu shows up with Dion. Oh, that's right. And I was like, oh, okay. So at this point, so Dion is going to be the one caught on the camera the night, the previous night, mm-hmm. which would exonerate Suzu and Mori, still mm-hmm. thinking at this point that Suzu and Mori are in on this together. Yeah. Dion gets to be fun comic relief here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I like him. I like his character. I like. Yeah. I like fun. how little he speaks. Yeah. Like he, like he, like Rodney often like goes on like long monologues and stuff like that. Whereas this guy's just kind of like, well, if you're not gonna, I'm just, yeah. He, and then he just it, <laughs> it feels like it feels like he's always like just woken up. Yeah. And just oh, yeah. is still like a little out of it. It's kind of that stoner thing you were saying earlier. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. so then. Suzu is like, you know, I've also been investigating. And I was like, uh-huh, sure, Suzu. And then she's like, and they're like, we saw you get the stuff to make the master key. And she's like, well, I wouldn't have needed to make that if I had been doing this the previous two nights. And they're like, oh, shoot, you're right. And I was like, oh, shoot, oh, you're, shoot right. you're right. <laughs> Why am I dumb, too? Yeah. No, yeah, no, they completely called, they called me out. I was, yeah, I was Full ride and the Suzu is bad train and Murray right. and Suzu are doing the thing and nope. Nope. But now that makes me question, so what's Mori's role in all of this? So so I'll 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 put out my my theory in a moment as okay. we've still got a couple a yeah. couple things to let's, kinda let's, wind up the episode. But yeah. then but then I wanna talk about what what's I think on? happened. Okay. Cause I've got thoughts, folks. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Um so so Suzu Right, go, goes on to explain, like, yeah, so, like, I got this key, and then I showed up last night to, like, do some investigating, and I found Dion there, and look, that's the two of us on the camera, um, and, you know, I caught mm. him opening up all the lockers and making a mess, um, and so, you know, that's that's that. Yeah. And, and Dion's like... Hey, I've been framed. And Vogler's like, yeah, shut up. Let me go mm-hmm. see what's in your locker. And opens up the locker. And there's a bunch of stuff that was stolen from other students. They're like, all right, Dion sucks. Yeah. We're closing this case. Yeah. Um, but no, no. And, yeah. Dion said, I've been framed. I found the key in my locker with a smiley face on it. Right. Right. And Vogler's like, yeah, yeah. Good sure. story, man. Sure. Emily then monologues and is like, you know, I didn't want things to be... You know, I didn't want things to be closed, but, you know, after Vogler found out that info, he was pretty well convinced, and I didn't have any more evidence to go off of, so, you know, I guess we just didn't solve the case this time. Yeah. And I looked at the time code and was like, oh. They didn't. There's five minutes. No, they didn't. And there's also, there's five minutes to go, and it sounds like it just wrapped up, but that's because we have an epilogue scene between mm-hmm. Mori and Suzu. Mm-hmm. Please tell me about it, Dylan. It's basically Suzu saying the same thing as Emily of like it doesn't make sense that this was Dion. Yeah. And more and her asking if Mori had anything to do with it. Yeah, please saying, don't like, tell me no. you had anything to do with this. No, of course not. And then we don't want things to go awry again. Which is such an ominous ominous ending, especially for someone who we know has been to two different schools. We don't know if he's been kicked out. But, you know, there's definitely a chance but he also talks about the like they're talking about why like why would you want to open up all those lockers and not take anything and the discussion of like oh you could gain like leverage on people and stuff without like getting the info yeah no it's, it definitely makes a lot of sense anything. yeah yeah he, he brings that up he's like well, you see, there's a lot of valuable information in those lockers. And, like, basically, Moriarty, uh, Moriarty, Mori's whole thing is, like, information equals power. And the more information I have, the more power I'm going to have. Yep. And as listeners who are conjecturing that Mori is pretty much some sort of mastermind of this, it would make a lot of sense that he can use Suzu 
as a cover for himself because of information that he has on her. What's going awry again? Right. Right. So so here's my here's my thought. Which is why I think it ties into sacrificial escape. I think that they're Me working too. as a team there. But I think only because Mori has leverage on Suzu. Yep. yep. And she's uh adopted and yeah, no, it makes sense. And she wants to make friends and yeah. Yeah, but and so maybe she has a dark past. Maybe she used to like I don't know. Right there, there's there's tons of potential there, and we'll obviously get into it as we continue. But now my projection for going forward on the series. Okay. Yes, please go ahead. One, my assumption of what happened this episode. Okay. So one, we also have the thing for last episode where I think the, and now I'm like, okay, Maury was the one who put yeah the letter in the locker. That just seems obvious because he's got the. If he's got key. the ability to open lockers, he could put the letter in the locker. Yep. And if he's this technologically knowledgeable and like adept, he's definitely going to be the one to put Emily in that position of power. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, this yeah. is a really crazy person trying to woo her. Oh, I mean, there's still part of me that thinks that I think there's maybe more at play than just that. No, but yeah, there's for sure. definitely a thing of i don't know i think there's definitely a there's like a romanticization of like the foil right like you are so good and i am so evil and i love you and i also love you because we're in middle school (laughs) yes yep so right so suzu was not in on this whole scheme this episode is Mm. my take i think that maury is the one who opened all the lockers the first two nights he did that to get leverage on everyone and also to make this a case that because he could have opened them and closed them but he left them open because he wanted the you know jones parker detective agency to investigate Mm -hmm. i think the i think he then used leverage that he found through those lockers to pressure Dion into taking this, like, to, to doing this the third night. So, one, he gave him the key, but he also, you know, pushed the buttons in the right way so that Dion would do this and not, mm. like, really implicate him. Yeah. I don't think that Dion has any idea that it's Mori. I want to iterate that really hard. But, like, I think that Mori was manipulating Dion Oh, for sure, putting him in situations in which... Like, he could have sent him an anonymous message being like, all the lockers are going to be open. And Right. Well, and he also gave him, I mean, he gave him the key. So that's yeah. how the lockers opened. Yeah. So, right. So then Maury was also the one who told Redicop to put up the camera. So he had the, the camera put up so that, you know, on that night, on the third night, whoever was doing it would get caught and that would be Dion. Yep. Um, he did the, he did the, the haiku just so that they would think it was Suzu. Um, all of that stuff I think was very, yeah, is all him manipulating. And I think going forward, kind of the pattern we're going to see through these episodes is that there, there's, it's going to be a bunch of, assuming that we kind of keep this somewhat detective case thing going, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot of things going awry and people getting in trouble for it, but things not quite adding up. And it's all because Maury is using leverage to make it happen in the background. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like what it probably is. I mean, if everything that we know about Maury, if if that is correct, it would make a lot of sense. Granted, I really hope that we didn't figure out the Moriarty comparative like comparison and that it follows that like the whole way through. But like also if it does, I'm not complaining because I love Sherlock. So Yeah. I just I it really makes me want to read the books again, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really it's like good. this it's, episode. It's good. It's, it's Spooktober, you know. It's Now's a fun... for the Hounds of Baskerville. F- yeah. It's a fun mystery, this episode. Yeah. It's well-paced. I like the characters. I like the middle school of it all. I love I the, the um, like, the interstitials you were saying. Like, the... Yes. Like, the mild monologues. Um, yeah. I liked meeting the new characters. And yep. getting fleshed out some of the old characters, like uh, like mm-hmm. the janitor, and the principal, and you kind of get to understand a little bit what it's like to go to school at this place. Yeah, yeah. I oh I have I have 
I have a, a stray comment that I meant to say earlier and I just realized I forgot, but it was just a really fun little thing for me. So like when, when Suzu comes, it's just like a great Emily and Matthew moment when Suzu comes up in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and she's like, Hey, you know, Emily, like I've heard you're good at solving mysteries and whatnot. And, and, uh, Emily goes, well, actually Matthew is my partner in that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this great moment of her, like, kind of gunning, like, trying to build up Matthew a little bit. Yeah. And, like, get her to, like, it's just her being, like, a great wingman. Yeah. In, like, a delightful way. And also because, like, we have established in the show that she, like, never refers to them as partners. She always just calls him her sidekick. Yeah. No, it's just their sidekick. And so, right. Yeah. So, like, like. She she always says, like, you know, he claims he's a partner, but she always refers to him as a sidekick. And in this episode, she calls him a partner because she's, like, trying to talk him up to a girl that he has a crush on. Yeah, it's so cute. And I just cute. love that little dynamic there. It's so lovely. Yeah, and, like, we really appreciate that they put that in there. For yeah, sure. and I, like, am really hoping that, like, that dynamic can continue. Because I, what I don't want is a love triangle with the three of them. That oh, is, like, the gosh. thing I want the least. I want Emily to continue being a great friend. Yeah, and no, I'm, I really... I am thoroughly impressed with how much I'm enjoying this. Yeah, me like, too, man. Like, I as was so, like, thoughts, not like, excited I, when we started. Yeah, I was, like... I knew Two episodes I in a row that I And it was good. But, like, this... I get it. I get why people like Odyssey now. This is really yeah. enjoyable. And I know, it's and good I'm, and it's different. And I'm really curious to see when we revisit Sacrificial Escape. Mm-hmm. How what, it all plays into it. Like, well, if I like that episode better with the greater context. Because we oh, were yeah. not particularly I mean, high I en- on that episode. Well, I, I was enjoyed not particularly it. high. I, yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was also like, we don't understand anything that's happening here. So it's yeah. really hard to appreciate it. So, yeah. I'm, but, I think we even said that in the episode. Like, yeah. A couple times. Where we were like, yeah, we you know, greater context. We know nothing, (laughs) but, but yeah. So, so right. So for those of you who are asking, we will be covering a sacrificial escape again, uh, with, uh, with a special guest as our hundredth episode. It's going to be a good time. The first ever recover. It's, it's I'm really looking forward to it for the Um, chalk squad. So so that's going to be in a little bit, but yeah um stay tuned we got things in the works that should be really fun but we've got we've got other episodes before then um yes however you know before before we take it out this week uh you you got stuff you want to plug andrew honestly my my biggest plug is actually a burger i ate this week (laughs) Uh, like wendy's has a new burger out and it was really good like, this is the it's like dumbest the, it's thing like the Andrew's ever plugged. I just want that on smokehouse record. Smokehouse burger. Well, yeah, no. I mean, what? I you, you asked me if I had something to plug. I don't have anything to plug personally. I'm in school right now. I'm busy. <laughs> I get like five or six hours of sleep a night, and I barely awake during the day. It's great. Okay. So pub house burgers. I'm telling you what. I mean, on a pretzel pretzel bun. I it's it was the best fast food burger I've had for sure. Like outside of like Five Guys or something like that. Like wow. from the main fast food chain, it was real good. Wow. Highly recommend. All right. And you recommend Brick or something else. Do you get two blugs in this episode? Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Did the normal stuff. If you want to follow me places, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. at. Follow DJ me on Weaver. Instagram because apparently I don't check Twitter. Yeah, apparently. You're, what, what's, your, what's your Instagram handle, Andrew? Uh, I think it's just at Andrew Sabo, but I'm okay. going to check right now. I'm at DJ Weaver 29 on Twitter. That's uh, yeah. My, it's just Andrew Sabo. Nice. No caps. No spaces. No underco- underscores. No nothing. All right. Yeah. And I'm DJ Weaver 29 on Inst- or on Twitter. That's my favorite place to be contacted. Aside from like outside of the context of the show, obviously, if you want to talk about about the podcast itself or whatever, Wadfam Chalk Pod everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm good about responding to Instagram DMs. So like, if you just message me and say you're from the pod or anything like that totally not weird at all and uh yeah love to hear from you guys cool and uh obviously uh continue to give us ratings and reviews i mean reviews are always 
I, I appreciate the five star ratings, but man, reviews so fun. Yeah. Um. So on on Apple Podcasts, if you're in the U.S. and Canada, we'll see those. If you leave it on another platform or outside of the U.S. and Canada, just let us know, and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we want to we want to read them on on the podcast and acknowledge them and and get to see what you guys have to say because it means a lot. Yeah, it does. Um. So yeah, that's uh that's all that I have to say. And we'll be back next week covering what episode, Dylan? Episode 833, The Secret of the Writer's Ruse. Ooh. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Linux Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Key Suspect was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.